your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solo. All right, welcome to uh, Mayor Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to talk to the mayor, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Mayor Mitch Reynolds, how are you? I'm great, man. How are you doing? You're, you're great? What? It's February. Nobody's Absolutely. Ever, it's nobody's another ever. beautiful day in lacrosse. <laughs> um, all right. So I got I got a ton of stuff on my list, but you know, if you if you just move if you're just not the mayor for a minute and you're the lacrosse talk PM host and you're not gonna do you, you wanna do some like statewide or national issues, what would you say or just as a person that, you know, goes home at night and turns on social media or the TV, what what would you say is, like, most interesting to you right now? Oh, wow. From that perspective, that's a really good one. Or what TV wow. shows are you watching? <laughs> you know, I, um, weirdly enough, we, uh, I, I just started watching this, um, and I don't know why, but it uh, on Netflix, In From the Cold, and it's kind of it, it harkens back to one of those um, kind of a Soviet spy thriller thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know why it just kind of jumped out at me. So I, I hit a couple episodes of that, and uh, I can only I can only do so much TV. I don't really have enough, not really enough hours in the day. Look, I, I can watch catch some Badger games. I, I prioritize, right? right? Badger games are like number one for me right now because football's over. Um, and so, uh, that, and then if I can catch a, a Bucks or Lakers game, um, you know, if I, if I happen to have the right channel combination, um, and then that's about, that, that's about covers it. So I, but I didn't, I did happen across in from, I think it's called in from the cold or out of the cold or something like that. I don't know. And it's a show or a movie. It must be a no, show. It's a, it's a it's show. A, yeah. It's a, it's a show. It's a, it's a series on Netflix. I'll tell you the show that we we bust we burn through. It's called My Boys. It's a it's a if superheroes were actually a thing on on Amazon on Prime. The the, the boys. boys the boys yeah my boat my boys. boys a different show. Oh I uh, oh I watched that oh, yeah, yeah I that got one. that that yeah that I mean, one that was a week that was a weekend yeah, yeah. that that was a weird one. <laughs> The, yeah, wait a minute! This whole yeah, managing your priorities and and time constraints, except for the superhero, the boy show, then you just burn through it. <laughs> no, that was on. That's that was on a while ago. That was on before I. Oh, okay. Before I became mayor. Okay. Well, there's yeah. a season two. I don't know if you knew this. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> what? All right. Resigning All his right. position from mayor, Mitch Reynolds announces. Yeah, I know. I gotta so watch he the can boys. watch some TV. <laughs> Okay, so beyond TV, let's go. Let's go like politics. Like Mendela Barnes, you hosted a roundtable with him. Um, yeah. Me and William Garcia are doing like endless amounts, and then I bring him on my show too. Endless amounts of you know interviews with candidates from all over, from the Senate to Congress. Um, the the Wisconsin State Legislature passed. They they, they dealt with like a hundred bills over the last couple of weeks. You know, some of them utterly useless. Just what yeah. what kind of stuff do you see, and I don't that you think maybe is important to talk about, or just you know, or just very eye rolling to you, or um, you know, this is something as a mayor I really need to focus in on because it's happening at the legislature or federally, but we also. You know, as, as as opposed to like ARPA funding, you can always, but you know, stuff that's happening that maybe as a talk show host you might talk about. So on the state level, you're talking about. I just want to make sure. Yeah, you, well, I'm you can just your question. no, you can go, you can go state level. I guess, yeah, that'd be that's perfect. Okay, yeah, I, I mean, the things that I would like to see is a little bit. Um, I, I would like to see the legislature 
work together on on more issues. I mean, there are some things that that come through the legislature that I can support. You know, there the lawmakers will tell you this all the time. There's actually a lot more things they work together on than uh, they're opposed to. Um, but I do not understand the obsession with with uh, uh, voting access. I really don't. It, it just it the 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 back and forth over the absentee ballot drop boxes the will the republicans take control of voting or not the, the whole thing i just don't i really don't get that the, i think i would think that we would want to strive to improve voter access um to improve the state of our of our democracy but i i guess that's that doesn't appear to be always the case so that i also i really would like to be able to believe that there is, and I know we, we've talked about homelessness at length, Rick, but I would like to believe that there would be an opportunity for our state lawmakers to create a regional solution or a statewide solution or network or coordination uh, for our surging homeless population throughout our state. So it's not the cities of La Crosse and Wausau and Green Bay and, and Appleton and all these others, Madison, that are having to... Uh, basically be the ones who are, are taking care of our unsheltered population, but it's something that is spread out throughout uh, the state. I mean, we, you know, just the other day we had someone, uh, the Sparta Police Department dropped off someone here in La Crosse uh, at, uh, at the warming center. Because, and I don't, I don't blame them. You know, the city of Sparta and the Monroe County doesn't have the resources to deal with homelessness. Clearly La Crosse does, but... We can't we can't continue on that way, and it, obviously a, a regional solution or a statewide solution led by um, DHS or or another agency in Madison would be pretty ideal. All right, that's Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds. Some of the things I got on my list here that we could talk about. Uh, sure. Um, one of those, in fact, was how homeless the homeless project that you all did over the winter, which comes to an end in a couple of months. What will we do beyond that? Um, Brad Williams in the newsroom is all over every Monday morning's board of public works meetings is a new shoveling, uh, controversy. Yep. So yep. we could, maybe we'll hit on that. Well, pick, pick one. Yeah. You, you <laughs> go at it. Go at it. I'm ready for you. Uh, the, the, the lacrosse river marsh, uh, just the, the, another study on that. Just, I mean, and then the, the, the news release you put out today, I don't know if you want to call it a statement or just information on property values. So everyone's property taxes are going up. That's how I read that. Uh, so that's those are coming a couple of things I have on the list. Oh, and then just projects. You know, like your uh, somebody said, "Hey, ask him what future projects or what projects that you you would still like to see done or you're working on." And then obviously we had a couple of weeks ago uh, the the Copper Rocks. You know, you you uh, you unveiled the the name Copper Rocks in your state of the city address. State of the city, yeah, uh, address. Even though the 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 Kmart Copper Rocks people didn't want you to say that. Um, but just like what what you think of that project, and then just some of the other you know vacant buildings, like well, let's just call it the vacant building situation in Lacrosse. So that that's on my list. But I got to take a break. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. Mayor Mitch Reynolds on, on the phone with me. I am getting some texts already about some of these uh, vacant buildings in the city. But before we get to that, because maybe these relate. Uh, you put out some information on you're going to reassess home values or no property property values in the city. Uh, the last time we did this, it was a bleep show under Mayor Cabot and everybody's house 
Every I, I don't. Part of me doesn't understand this because my the pro, my property value. You know why? Why don't Why don't you stop talking and ask the question <laughs> so that we can get to the answer? Okay. Well, <laughs> my property value goes up twenty five grand. That seems like a good thing, but then your property taxes go up. But I guess okay. you know so, the okay. city is okay. redoing me, this thing that they did in twenty nineteen. Yeah. yeah. So we're not. Um, what happened in um, twenty nineteen is a little bit different than what we're doing now. We're doing a full citywide revaluation. So we did a re- residential revaluation in 2019, and then we um, last year, if you'll remember, we did uh, a um, interim um, what's that called? I think it's a, a interim update, if you will, for some multi-unit buildings. So that was last year. So it, this was basically where you have to be by state law. Uh, municipality, municipality has to be within 10 percent of, of market value um, in assessed value once every five years and we've been out of compliance for a while here and we are required to get into compliance in 2022 or the state's going to take over and simply revalue the city on its own which is not only incredibly costly and could cost taxpayers well over a million dollars in lacrosse but is incredibly invasive as well i mean they're they are all over your house. When you say it, it the when you say the state could, could it take over, is this like when the city takes over and shovels your sidewalk and it's kind of costly for for homeowners? Just like that. Okay. Yeah. So at any rate, what the revaluation does is it 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 basically gets us to market value. It gets the assessments up to market value, and it also rebalances it so that some people aren't paying more than they should, and some people are paying uh, more what they should be. And so you're put, you're asked your question. The really the most important question is about property taxes because I think that that's the important one. If you're getting a re- if you personally are getting a reassessment on your house, and it's it the value goes up by twenty five thousand dollars, you are going to pay more property taxes, right? I mean everybody recognizes that you pay more property taxes when you, your assessment goes up. When the entire city is revalued, that's a much different story, because remember we we're under levy limits here in the city of La Crosse. So we can only increase our levy by so much. And so um, can I just give you an example real quick so I can illustrate this? Yeah, in definitely. Better terms? No, okay. You, you don't so even have to do it real quick. You could just do it real slow. No, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not use the exact La Crosse numbers because it, it'll be easier if I use whole numbers. So let's, if we have, say, our entire city valuation, our set value is $4 billion, which it is, more or less. It's right around that range. And our budget's, our, our, our uh, tax levy is $40 million, and it's, it's not quite that, but we'll just use that for, for, for ease of, of math. So if, our, um, if the assessed value is $4 billion, our, our, our uh, tax levy is $40 million, then our mill rate is 0. .010, which means that um, you know, a $150,000 house will, uh, will pay $1,500 in taxes. Now, if that... <clears throat> If the assessed value goes up to $4.1 billion, so just a, basically raising the, the, the market value or the assessed value to a market value by $100 million across the city, which isn't really that much, that means that and, and we, we can't raise our tax levy by more than a certain amount. So say it stays at, well, for argument's sake, we're going to say it stays at $40 million. It won't, but say it does. If it stays at $40 million, that means the mill rate is 0. .00976 which means the city tax on a $150,000 home is $1,464, which means that if 
once that revaluation happens, you're actually going to your tax your tax bill will actually lower along with the tax levy rate. Um, and if it for some reason goes up to some miraculous level like five billion dollars in valuation assessed assess value across the city, well then the, t- the mill rate goes down to point zero zero eight, which means that your you know tax rate drops even lower. Remember, we can only raise other than for new construction, we can only raise our our um, our, our our levy by by so much, and that's dictated by state law. So a reval an entire city revaluation does not mean that your taxes will go up, and it may in fact mean that your taxes go down. Uh, now, if you're individually assessed, that's a whole different story, because if you got if you if your house was assessed at a hundred thousand dollars and you are sitting on a Taj Mahal that nobody's looked at and 30 years, and it's, you know, $600,000, well, yeah, you're going to pay more in property taxes. But that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is revaluing the entire city. You know, our valuation right now is more like 16% from the uh, from market value. Uh, and that's largely because of, the, you've seen it, the price increases that we've seen in real estate over the last several years, many years, uh, and, and much more dramatically recently, have meant that our assessments have not kept up with with market value yeah that's what i was just going to bring up the fact that you know a house costs 150 grand and then everyone and then the market is like 180 grand people are bidding you know 20 30 thousand dollars over over whatever the whatever the the realtors are marking it let alone what the property is valued at um, does so? Does that does that situation where housing you know prices are increased have anything to do with what you're this what you're doing now, or is it just coincidence? No, it's not. They, they're very they're tied very tightly together because of the the market values have increased so significantly. The city is well out of compliance where we're where we're supposed to be by state law. Okay, that's the um, that's the ten percent thing you were talking about. Okay, that's correct. Yeah, and so I'm listening. And, you know. And there's there's a lot of reason the, the non-compliance can be explained away in a lot of reasons, but I don't you know I, I don't know if we need to go back down the path. We need to fix it. Uh, otherwise, we're you know it's not it won't be a good situation for either the taxpayers of the city of La Crosse, and it'll be really kind of a mess for uh, for just operations in general. So well, that was my because you, you mentioned this. You said that we've been out of compliance for a while. Uh, it, it, and that is that because of a citywide assessment? We haven't done that in a while because two years ago, no, th- well, three years ago now, we did these like individual property, you know, values. So the citywide yeah. thing is is the is the thing that we've been out of co- compliance for a while. Well, I think in general assessments, and again, I this is not. I don't want to get over my skis on this. <laughs> frankly, I have staff that can answer this much better than I can. Uh, and I wasn't here for the decision making process for why we lagged in assessments. There must have been some direction from somebody to say, "Hey, you know, let's not uh, let's not re- do reassessments." But I can't answer for any of that because I, I, that, that was before my time. Yeah, that's uh, fine. And you're you're talking to the preaching to the choir because I don't know what you're talking about anyway. I was listening and I was taking notes, and I kind of understand, but also mill rates and tax levies. You know what that stuff is. I mm. <laughs> I just pay the. I just when the man says pay your pay your bill, pay I, say, I just pay, pay the it. man. It, yep, it. <laughs> um, but can we just we, can we stick with housing for a little bit? Just the idea yep. that uh, it is it is getting tougher for middle class and, and lower income people to get housing, whether that's renting or, or buying. 
you know that in it's it's a little bit of a lack of housing and then you see these you know these houses are going for 20 and 30 grand and uh, you know in other places i don't know if that's happening in the city or in the area is you know uh corporations are buying housing and then renting them out so then you don't even have a, a chance to to buy houses um, but yeah, what, as as a city government, can the city government do anything to help people in the housing market? Well, what we're doing right now is we're facilitating the development and planning of new housing, and so that's one of the most exciting things actually that's happening within the city of Lacrosse right now. Is the the number of housing projects that are online right now is ridiculous, and the most that I think that we've seen. Somebody told me that it was the highest percentage of housing development. Uh, compared to what we have on, in place right now since the end of World War II. So it's it's pretty exciting. I mean, I got I got basically 1,500 homes in the pipeline in one way or another. Either they're getting built or they're uh, in the development process or in the planning process or something like that. So that's a lot of homes because, really, there's, there's two ways to address uh, housing costs. There's either decreased demand or increased supply. That's it. Those are the only two ways. Now, you, there's like little infinite things you could do with quality, and that's, that's, there's no question. But if you want to decrease the, uh, the cost for housing, the supply has to increase. And so what we have is we've got developers coming in going, wow, this is a really nice market. We've got a lot of opportunity for growth here. Uh, we, can, we can take advantage of that and increase supply, still make some dollars, which they have to do as developers, frankly. Uh, otherwise, why, they're not going to be in business. Uh, increase supply, which will uh, ultimately, uh, you know, by increasing supply at a lower cost for home purchasing and home renting as well. And that also will open up. So if you're living in, we have some, let's just say we have some houses that are less than ideal or some homes that are less than ideal in terms of their condition. So if you're living in one of those homes and you are trying to find a place that you can rent that's a little bit nicer, maybe a little more expensive, that's really hard to come by. We supply that place. Well, then we open up another home that's maybe it's, it needs a, maybe a little bit of fixer-up, but it's a, it's a lot more affordable. And so suddenly we're opening up a lot more affordable homes as well. Now we, have, we do have affordable homes in the pipeline, but we also have all sorts of homes all, all, at all levels of the market. And that's what we need to do, ultimately. This is a market solution. It's a very simple market solution. Increase the supply of homes within the city of La Crosse. And what I have staff doing is facilitating doing just that. And, uh, you know, so far we're, we're, we're looking pretty good. Now, it's not going to happen tomorrow, but uh, there are a number of different homes that are being built right now that will pop up that you'll see. You'll, you know, you'll see things opening up in the in the spring. You'll see home sales going on in the spring, townhomes, condos, that type of thing, some single family homes, and uh, we'll see more and more of that as the, the Copper Rocks development comes online, as the uh, Fifth Ward residences come online. Uh, River Point District is going to be absolutely massive. There's a there's a, a really just a, a great opportunity to solve a lot of our lingering housing crisis problems. When when you talk about more homes, and maybe this is just the you talk about the market correcting itself, so to speak, or, or just going to play itself out. Uh, adding the, for, the the term affordable to to that, how important is that? Just the, the idea that you know these homes got to be they can't be three hundred thousand dollar homes, you know? Yeah, no, some of them can, and that's the whole thing. Is that this is what a market solution does? Is you can add three hundred thousand dollar homes. We're also adding a lot of affordable homes. But when you add 
homes in general, then homes just become more affordable. So that's, that's the thing. We have basically what you might call affordable housing. That's not affordable right now because the demand is so high, the supply is so low that landlords can charge a premium for places that you really shouldn't be able to charge a premium for. And that's really, that's, that's again, the, the most, the, <laughs> we can, and we have, de- we're dedicating lots of, of dollars, frankly, to affordable housing. And that's something that we're going to, we're going to actually work with developers to build affordable housing. But simply by improving or increasing and improving the supply of housing within the city of La Crosse, it's going to open up more affordable housing. Yeah, definitely. All right, that's Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds. Uh, number three, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds on the phone with me. Uh, I did get a, a text from somebody that said you could just lower the tax levy. Just lower it, and then our property taxes will go down or something. Ah, sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Sounds uh, illegal, maybe, or uh, impossible. Oh, no, I, I, I mean, I can't. The city council can do that, but, you know, it's really up to them. Property taxes are a function of the fair market assessment ratio and the mill rate. The real valuation is one thing, but Mitch can reduce the mill rate and your taxes will not be increased. Reduce the mill rate. Did I say that? Maybe not. Yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, the levy, the tax levy rate, mill rate, same thing. Um, yeah, I, the city council can do that. I can't do that. All right. Uh, number yeah. three, he's been waiting, so I'm going to bring him on. Sure. And it's on my list, number three. I know what you're, you're going to ask him about, but go ahead. Oh, I think he sounds like a real politician. Okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, Mr. Mayor, number three here, about your homeless population. Uh, I've been going by the Econo Lodge every once in a while, yeah. and I see cars from Minnesota and Iowa up there. Yeah. And I don't think they're tourists. Mm. I think they're homeless people. Do we have to take care of people from out of the state now? That's a great question. We actually don't have to take any of them. Um, and that's, that's um, you know, I guess that, that really is a, a choice that is made, uh, whether we want to take care of people or not. And uh, I, I'm of the belief system that uh, when people wind up in our city and are destitute and on the streets and in need of services, that I don't believe we have the luxury of ignoring them. Um, and I get that message over and over again that, uh, you know, we had that period of time where we saw at the beginning of the pandemic, we saw a surge in homelessness in our community. Um, we're still seeing it. It's a massive number. Um, and that's where we had people camping out in parks and camping out in uh, parking ramps and in um, backyards and in the marsh and in the forest and anywhere they could possibly find a place where they might not be rooted out from one day to the next. And that population is still here, no question. Uh, I don't know where they've all come from. I know that there are, uh, and I think we we talked about this a little while ago, that there are agencies, uh, police agencies, that that will send uh, people here or drop them off. And again, it's not something I'm not going to blame little communities for doing that. Frankly, they don't have the resources to be able to deal with a large homeless population. 
and our resources are stretched to the limit. We, but we have a huge network of organizations, largely private organizations, that are willing to do the work. And um, if the city has to step in and help coordinate that, uh, utilize some federal dollars to help financially, uh, I have a, I'm, I'm all in favor of that. And I know that uh, most of our city council, vast majority of our city council, is, is eager to help, as are, I think, most in our community. The uh, so the number three mentions the Ocana Lodge. Well, it is a motel or a ho- yeah a motel, and mm-hmm. license plates from different states. I feel like people that go to motels usually aren't from you know lacrosse. So the idea that there's uh, cars with license plates from other states at motels and hotels makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. But but the the plan you know we the the city used I think ARPA funds American Rescue Plan Act Biden bucks for uh, putting uh, what about 130 people in into you know different various shelters in the city. The and, number has gone up and down. I mean we what what the, what the city council approved was um, seven hundred thousand uh, dollars to provide um, winter emergency shelter at the O'Connell Lodge. That was for the shelter, the services, food. Uh, that number there has fluctuated from, I think it was down to 80 at some point. Uh, I think our high was, gosh, I want to say 117. Um, so it's gone up and down. Some people are, you know, with their, there's places where folks can, we find them places to go. There's there's vouchers that we can use. Uh, a lot of these folks, they're, it's just, it's they face really, really high barriers to permanent housing. So there's a lot of work that has to be done. To get them to that point, but um, yeah, it's uh, we've done. I mean, we've done a lot there. We've probably kept a lot of people from from dying. I, I don't know. That's that's kind of the idea was to keep people out of the cold. But we have a lot more people. We have people in shelters. We have uh, folks in the parking ramps. We've got a, probably a dozen individuals who are in and out of our parking ramps on a nightly basis right now. Um, there's just just. You know, we we even though I just said we have a lot of services available in our city, we've got a lot of private agencies that are willing to work with us on sheltered population. It's it's not even close to being enough. Yeah, it, the you know when when we put homeless people in different you know shelters and renting out rooms at the Ocana Lodge, I still drive by Catholic Charities at night, and so there are still people on the streets, of course. Um, sure. You know, there's you know there's always. 10, 15 people waiting out to at, at about 6.30, 7.30 at night to, to get into the Catholic Charities downtown. Um, but what's the plan in two months when that Econolodge, I don't know if you want to call it a deal or whatever, uh, ends? And, I mean, do you you surely have been thinking about this, that two months is going to come and to, to an end, and it'll be, it'll be nice out at least, but I guess, yeah, what's yeah. the plan? Yeah, and we've been working on a couple of solutions since really the uh, really last summer, uh, beginning of last summer, when we were thinking about what ultimately needs to happen here in the city of La Crosse and how we could utilize the ARPA funding to achieve that. And uh, part of that time, we've been working with the county to do some strategizing and planning and figure out what sort of uh, what sort of uh, something do we need here within our community to help this process along. We've both settled on bridge housing for individuals, and so then and all of, I think our private service agencies like Cooley Cap and Habitat and um, ILR and uh, Catholic Charity Salvation Army. I think we're in general agreement that we're we're lacking some bridge housing in this community, and uh, 
it's basically housing. It's it's somewhere between shelter and permanent housing. You know, it's it's just that it's that period that uh, that temporary place where people can have a home, but it's not a permanent home. Uh, so we're we're, we're going to be working on a solution together with the county, and uh, and then in, in the spring on April one, you know, we have a number of different options that we're we're just trying to finalize the details on right now, and um, I'm not entirely sure which option is going to seem is going to be the best for for that time. You know, it's it's going to be. There's no question that this is not going to go. It's, there's nothing is perfect about this. There's no really, really good solution. There's a lot of um, just trying to deal with a uh, basically a, a crisis level of uh, a homeless population. And it's we just don't, like I said, no matter what we try to do, we're never going to have enough resources, and we're just going to try to do our best. That's Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds on the show here, joining us for this hour. Uh, yeah, the the text line right now is awful because it's, uh, the the idea that we help homeless people to some to some apparently is is ludicrous. And as mayor, you know what? You could completely ignore this, and it's like a hundred, two hundred people, whatever you know, what whatever number. And then uh, I don't, you know, generally people probably, you know, some people would care, but others probably most people wouldn't because uh, homelessness is a is a strange thing because oftentimes. Uh, you know, if if you're boating on the Mississippi in the summer and you saw, hey, there's all those tents, you kind of make fun of the fact, and you never really put yourself in their per, their shoes, their their perspective, because oh yeah, they have to live in tents in Huska Park, and now they're living in an Econo Lodge because they don't have any other options. So, um, you know, like, and then as a as mayor to take on that problem isn't an easy task. So, you know, like, I'm, props to you, man, because it's. It's uh, it's it's almost a it's not a losing battle, but it's not a it's not an easy battle to fight. I, I will agree that is true. Um, uh, yeah, I I don't feel that it's. I you're you're right that doing nothing is definitely was an option. Um, the city hasn't really ever done a lot uh, to address homelessness. We just you know for a long time we allowed people to live in Kent City uh, north of Riverside Park. Obviously, it's no longer an option because. That's going to be land that's turned into something else, and so um, and with a surge in population like we've seen, it's just it's it would be ludicrous for the city of Lacrosse not to uh, take a leadership role in this and try to find an option uh, for these individuals, not only for the individuals themselves, but for the community at large. Uh, there's there are tremendous numbers of individuals in our community who just who believe like I do that we have that there's a spiritual imperative to care for for the most vulnerable in our society and uh, and that's what we're doing and uh, yeah, I know not everybody agrees with it and I, I don't I don't know how to address those questions all the time because a lot of the assumptions that are made are not made with uh, with with really all of the information but uh, yeah I do believe that, I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's if it's a battle that I'm going to lose necessarily, but it's definitely something that I believe we can win. Yeah, I put that. I put that. I mean, it's one of those deals that you see it all over the place. Obviously, homeless is an issue everywhere, and it's right. um, you know there's there's some success stories, but they're they're they don't they seem to be few and far between. Uh, hey, right. we solved homelessness. You know, like okay, well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, along those lines, helping people, you know, in this situation. But what about? Uh, can you talk about? Because I kind of asked what the city does in terms of 
you know, housing and what what can the city's government role, what the city government role be in housing? What about childcare? Because that's a big issue too, and that kind of that, that kind of goes towards not the homeless community. Some I would say some in the homeless community, but other lower income, middle middle class people. Just a maybe they can't get childcare, they can't afford childcare. Does the city have a role there to, to helping with childcare? Yeah, absolutely, Rick. I mean, there's there's no question that the city has a role in that. Well, I I think the city has a role in it. Others might not might not agree, but uh, that's one of the biggest challenges that we face in our community. As is, is true in many many other places. You know, uh, finding childcare was difficult prior to the pandemic. It got vastly worse uh, during the pandemic, um, and now we're at a point where we really have to come up with some lasting solutions, and that's. That's what we're working on. That's a super high priority. Again, working with the county of La Crosse, uh, is, we are we're trying. We're looking, identifying ways that we can help with the availability of childcare. Um, and I, I think that we're we're finding ways to do that. We're going to be utilizing uh, the federal ARPA dollars to to find some lasting solutions. I don't. You know, I have staff working on that. I don't. I don't have all the solutions right in front of me right now. And I think that we'll make a. There'll be a lot of. Um, we will make a lot of noise about it when we when when we have uh, real solutions. But it's it's dire, and 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 the impact is huge in our community because the lack of childcare means that we have significant holes in our workforce. You just if there's no place if you have children, and and you have no place to take them, that means you're basically out of the workforce. And it's, it's just devastating in all sorts of professions. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, hotel workers, restaurant workers, all, all the way up to physicians. I've heard the same stories over and over again. There's just, well, there's no child care that's available. Yeah, for some yeah. there's for some there's no childcare available. For others, and, and then on top of that, it's is that a supply and demand thing too? Hey, I'm the only childcare provider. I'm going to charge you know up the wazoo for uh, yeah. you know. Um, and we we saw uh, I don't know if you saw this recently. It was I think it went through a, a, a city council meeting or committee anyway. Uh, one local business uh, here in La Crosse is is going to take it upon itself to have its own childcare facility for its workers. I think UW La Crosse yeah. is. You know, faculty can utilize childcare. Can the city do that? Can the city? I mean, it might be a money-making scheme if you, uh, you know, we'll buy the, one of the shop codes and we'll put a giant childcare facility in there, and 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 look at all the money that flows out of the city. Yeah, uh, childcare doesn't work like that. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't work in the same profit model as other things. I mean, it can. That's for sure. But you know, we we just. I mean, at the end of the day, what needs to happen? A lot of what we're lacking is childcare workers, right? Okay. So mostly what we need to do is be able to find, okay, or we could take a step, a few steps back and talk about priorities uh, for us as a society. Because right now we don't, we don't value child care as a society. We don't value elder care. We don't really value housing as a human right. If we would do those things, if we would just value them differently, our decision-making process on the highest level, federal level, state level, would, would change significantly. We don't, we, you know, we don't believe that the people taking care of our precious children um, need to be, you know, need to be paid anywhere close to a living wage. And so there's a, there's a chronic lack of child care workers and only exacerbated by what has happened in the pandemic. And so we, if, we, if we could pay child care workers and bring more of them into that 
uh, into that workforce. Uh, and if we could identify more places to provide child care, that, that would pretty much solve the problem. ARPA funds, city grants for child care, whatever you need, whatever you need to get a, a, a license to be a child care provider. How about some ARPA grant money? I think that that's in the works. I don't exact. I know the county for sure is doing that. Um, I don't remember exactly what their plans are. I know that we're still detailing our project list, and that will be eventually approved by the city council. They'll they'll make the determination on uh, ultimately on how we dispose of those funds. And I know that child care is is without question a huge priority for many of our city council members. Yeah, and in doing all these interviews with. But, you know, candidates that are, you know, running for Congress and Senate. I always bring yep. this up is along with just having child care. Uh, I heard this. I don't know if it's a stat, but like the, the, the idea that we we just need to find somewhere to throw our kids while we go to work is, is kind of how we work as a society. When those yep. kids that need child care, maybe like zero to five. I, I even read this, the, like the zero to five year old kids, their brain development. That's maybe when we should be spending the most amount of resources on trying to instead of just throwing them to, to some babysitter somewhere uh, where they're where they're just getting watched. We actually probably should you know, invest a little bit in childcare facilities or, or places that would, uh, you know, help develop their brains at that age. Yeah. I, and I, not my specialty, Rick. No, nope. no question. <laughs> well, you have two I mean, kids. That's not, so. not where I excel at, but I can tell you that there are some labor dynamics that fall into play here as well. So it's development of child, because, you know, what would we all want? We'd all want someone to stay home with the, with the children from zero to five, right. Or zero to four. Anyway, we'd all want that. That would be great. But our labor dynamics prohibit that. And so what does that mean? Then we have to address those as well. But those are tied into so many other things like the criminal justice system and a lot of other issues. So it's it's a systemic uh, uh, issue that requires uh, systemic solutions and certainly more than I can get into right now. But I know that in terms of child care, that's definitely something that's just finding solutions for that in our community is a super huge priority. All right, last thing with Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds here. Uh, you know, I can just talk about all these vacant buildings. I make light of it sometimes, and it's not—it's not like the city owns these buildings. But we did have—we uh, call it Copper Rocks now, the old Kmart uh, area. Um, what did you think of of their proposal? And then, you know, do you see uh, what do you see next for River Point? Because uh, we we're now out of the floodplain in River Point, right? Hopefully, when it when it comes spring, and we can. What's the next steps there? Yeah, so with Copper Rocks, I was very excited about the concept. I think they're still, I think I was told it was a 75% conceptual stage right now. I really like what I'm seeing so far. I think they've, t- they've taken the, the feedback from the neighborhood and the community to heart. Uh, there's a really great vision there. I think it's a great opportunity to utilize that space. I personally am super excited about what's going to go there. Um, and, and of course, I'm just always excited when we're adding homes to our communities. So we've, we've, hats off to them. But, we, we've joked a couple of times that you're petitioning to get a Popeye's chicken into that area. I haven't talked to Marvin Wanders about that yet, but I'm sure that's going to be part of our conversation. Sure, yeah. for sure. Uh, in terms of the, the River Point District, yeah, also just uh, the level of excitement is just tremendous, right? Can't wait to get going. Uh, we're going to be turning some dirt on infrastructure uh, this spring, early summer, I think is what the plan is, getting the infrastructure in. Buildings will be in there relatively soon. There's a lot of developers that are very excited about being there. This is, uh, this is big, and it's, it's going to, it is, 
it is it's it's beyond generational. I mean, it's it's one of the most one of the biggest developments, or maybe the biggest development in the, the history of the city of Lacrosse, um, in, in terms of one one development. Uh, one of my ideas just thought of this. What about like a Riverside Ferris wheel at River Point? Anything like that? Yeah, like Seattle's I, got yeah. that. Pretty sure we're going to put that in there. Okay, that sounds good. All right, that's Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds. Hey, man, I'll let you go. Thanks a lot for spending the hour with us. No problem. Anytime. All right, see ya. All right, we got to take one more break and then wrap up. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM for just a couple minutes, not even just a little bit left here, just to wrap up with. Uh, well, not with Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds, but I appreciate him coming on, spending an hour with us. We hit on uh, the the citywide property value assessment that he released today and we'll have some information on that on wisdomnews.com check it out on the podcast as well wisdomnews.com slash podcast thanks for listening